Welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikpour. And today we are beginning our exploration of the world of Corto Maltese by Hugo Pratt. Um, we both read the first three chapters of the collection called Under the Sign of Capricorn. Amir, I love what you said to me that this is like an adult version of Tintin. Yeah. It's as if Captain Haddock is it? The captain is actually like the hero of the comic and is not an alcoholic or an overt one. That's a, I think that's a great analogy. Corto Maltese is this fascinating character, right? Yeah. He, he, he's, uh, first of all, just a, an amazing action hero. Always seems to be in charge of everything. You know, it's two steps ahead of everybody. But at the same time, he's got this mysterious past. Mm -hmm. And um, he's able to make friends everywhere he goes. He's, and these stories have this real high adventure feel to them, but they're also a little tinged with magic and a little tinged with like anti-colonial spirit. They're yeah. just really, it, it, the, the first story that we read is just so impressive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's really fun. I love the art too. It's, it's fun. Wait, I didn't, I forgot to say, it's really fun. Yeah, it is fun. <laughs> it's super fun. Yeah, it's like a, I think it could be a great TV show. Every one of these chapters could be like an episode, you know? Oh, yeah. Actually, like a whole season. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, a, I mean, it's, uh, I will say this, it's very fun and it's really cool. Like, I think the characters would be a lot of like, a lot of the characters that Clint Eastwood would play in his uh, Western. He's like, not totally a hero but a good guy you know like he's he's in it for himself but really like actually has some some standards you know and uh it's just fun and it's like to me it's like it would be like i mean i wouldn't want to make it a tv show because a lot of the beauty of this comic is the art that um hugo pratt shows us uh but also you know it's like it could be like the TV, you know, TV show of the week, you know, kind of like a Magnum PI. It's not Magnum PI, but you know, like just you see it, it's one and done, but then the story continues, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that's so perfect for graphic novels mm -hmm. because, you know, I, I think I read Pratt did 27 of these, something like that over the years. Wow. And so, you know, we get to see the, these adventures over time and it's character build up. And I, really enjoyed how there's a couple of illusions in un under the sign of Capricorn to previous adventures and friends that he had in the past, but they don't dwell on that, right? So there's a sense that this is all building on each other. It's like picking up Spider-Man with issue, you know, 150 or something. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about the Green Goblin, but you don't need to see the Green Goblin to know he was a villain or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the very first pages of this story begin with uh, Cordo just hanging out on this, in this inn in Paramaribo. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of encountering people he knows. And we don't know how he knows these people, right? We don't know how he is friends with Madame Java, but they clearly have this long history. Mm -hmm. And instead of that feeling daunting, it feels like it's intriguing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love the art, man. It's Obviously, you could, I could, I've, um, Paul Pope has made allusions to Pratt 
and uh, I could see a lot of Paul Pope in here. I see a lot of Pope in here. It's it's kind of Tothian also. It's so minimalistic. Yeah. Just a few strokes really being bring people alive. Mm -hmm. I like that. I love that ink. You know, it's like so good. It's kind of unpredictable, the ink, too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's very thin, like especially with hair, and it feels tight, you know? Other times, like especially in the dream sequence, everything feels very kind of uh, richer and darker, almost mm -hmm. like a Milton Kniff style. And then there's parts that's a little off. The, the only wonky part of the art, which, I mean, I mean who am I to criticize, but... On page 60, if you go to like first panel, his leg is very long. I noticed that too. So this is when they're fighting in the jungle. Yeah. And Pratt's, yeah, uh, uh, excuse me, Maltese's leg looks like 14, 18 inches too long, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, I, I don't know, like the fighting, I mean, I'm not going to say he doesn't, you know, maybe he had difficult fight because there's a page um, early on when he fights, uh, couple of the bad sailors on page 13 and that's a really good fight you know but even his fighting is a little bit different one of the things that i've heard is um um when you have and this is not a superhero comic but when you have non-superhero artists trying to do superhero it's a little bit difficult for them to draw fighting mm -hmm. and, and um i think r crumb has mentioned that actually it's difficult for him and some of it is interesting like having not apparently maybe he doesn't do it too often it's a little bit wonky you know people with guns shooting they're perfect but when, when they have to fight it's a little awkward looking i wanted that fight scene to last longer too mm -hmm. yeah but it's not about that it's just you know it's just a lot of interesting conversations and characters and then of course the art is pretty beautiful too minimalistic at times yeah, details, but it's it's really cool. It's really great. Actually, so there's a lot of minimalism, huh? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of thinking like a lot of the scenes, especially when there's dialogue, there's no background or almost no background. Yeah, or it's like like I'm looking at pages 46 and 47 here, uh, but it doesn't really matter if they're empty in space because we already know where they are. There is enough, you know. There's just enough, and even if you look at some of the, you know, like pages 67 when there is background. I mean, it's not photorealistic, but you get it, you know? Okay, there are trees in the background. There's vegetation, you know, that kind of thing. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it's just, it's just enough to bring it alive. Mm -hmm. And we see also that he's able to really bring in the settings because the, the scenes at the dock in chapter one are fully drawn. Mm -hmm. The scenes even in the, in the cabin at the inn early on are, are fully drawn. It's just that he's choosing not to, to draw these full images. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because he knows or he's considered anyway what what's important to the story and what's not mm -hmm. he's keeping the focus on the people and you're right it is a little dialogue heavy but it's not heavy in dialogue the way like a roy thomas comic is heavy no. in dialogue where it's useless dialogue no All the words good. here are really illuminating character and plot mm -hmm. And he knows when to be quiet too. You know, page 33, when they encounter the, the guy on the island who's screaming for help, you know, it, it's not wordy and he, he's accentuating the 
energy of everything. Mm -hmm. And it's fast moving. I mean, the story is fast. They don't, like you said, like the Roy Thomas, like it just doesn't linger, you know, it's like, it's fast moving, you know, like. And, it, and it's high adventure. Like you feel like the plot is continually twisting and turning. Mm -hmm. Right. We have like, you know, I keep talking about the dock fight because it, it like is in some ways to kick off everything else. Right. Corda goes down to the docks to check on his boat, gets in a fight with these guys. Then the guys come back a little later on and try to kill him. And then they bring in the story with the lawyer. And then that all folds in with a story that is introduced a little bit earlier on with a boy and his missing sister or his, uh, half-sister mm -hmm. like everything just kind of fits together in this not clockwork way but really smart way mm -hmm. yeah and it's a pretty progressive story you know in terms of like ethnicity and, and probably because it's from france and but it's it's really cool oh no italian sorry My i was bad. gonna say I, I was just looking to see My bad. Italian sorry. Italian. european <laughs> yeah, European. Yeah, I go on and talk more about the progressive nature of it because yeah, that struck me also. Yeah, I mean, just you know, the in the the boy comes in looking for his sister, asks Cordomatis for help, and then you find out that the sister is a uh, is she African? I don't know where she's from, but I think it's Brazilian. Brazil. Oh, oh, right, right. Because they're speaking Portuguese. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, it's just kind of like, it's not really mentioned at all. It's just, you know, they, they still, they love each other, even if they don't really, and I just thought that was a good story. It's like he found a sister. He was eager to find sister. Uh, he was surprised that his dad, you know, it looks different. She looks different. I was surprised that like, it's a half sister. I thought maybe this is a sister he would have known in the past, so. No, I like that too. Like these, it's this discovery the character has at the same time we're discovering about Cordo and the world around them and everything. Yeah. I mean, it is really embedded in place, right? They go up up river the, and encounter this war that's happening. Mm -hmm. the colonials are trying to keep down the natives. You know, the colonel comes up in that gunboat, which is drawn beautifully. The level mm -hmm. of detail on that in that section is just right on. But yeah, I mean, you're talking about it being progressive. It feels really anti-colonial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like strongly with this message of, um, you know, the, the natives are the people who should be ruling themselves. Mm -hmm. you know, he, he even says that in the last section of the page that we were reading. Yeah. You know, he, he's supportive of the, the rebels trying to bring uh, the the rebellion to the north. Mm -hmm. The friend of the Kangueros, wherever you say that. What if that's a real like group from the the time of the First World War era in Brazil? What do you think of Corto himself? Like I said, I feel like he's a character that I don't necessarily think Clint Eastwood would play him, but like he's an interesting character. It's the same type of like, what is it, the anti hero, or is that what they kind of like? Yeah, he is an anti hero. He's a mercenary sure. with standards, you know, with, with morals, kind of. Mm -hmm. In fact, a lot of morals. Like he says he doesn't have morals, but he actually has a lot of morals. 
Yeah, and he clearly lives by these morals, right? They're important to him. I like there's a um, uh, there's a quote that he says. He's all like, um, I think he says, "I'm jokey enough not to take advice." No, um, or, or and serious enough. Not, no, no, no. I'm a not serious enough to give advice and too serious for getting advice or something like that oh yeah right so he's like he's kind of like the neutral guy but then also on the side of the good folks you know or at least obviously he's a hero yeah he's a hero but he's he's out for himself but he's got to follow his own morals you're right Mm -hmm. yeah he's a man of destiny as the first panel tells us Oh, yeah, yeah. I like how the story begins, too. He's, you know, in repose in this inn, somewhere in, like, Guiana or somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he's just so kind of at peace with himself, just waiting for the next thing to come along. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this real sense of this is just one small fragment out of his life. And this is, you know, this adventure he goes on is just another aspect of his life they all affect him but they don't uh they don't prevent him from just becoming more and more of himself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, if you follow me yeah and, he's and that got, way he's a little bit like blueberry yeah that's true yeah oh my god you're right wow that's a that's a good analogy yeah i, I think i actually think blueberry might be more of a righteous i mean by society standards because he is kind of like a soldier fighting for the north and you know he's not a mercenary right right yeah he is he is legitimately a soldier fighting for what he's what he's ordered to do at least he doesn't present they might actually be the same character but corto maltese out loud says he's not a good guy whereas in Blueberry is a good guy, and he doesn't say, you know, like he, it almost seems like Corda Maltese. Uh, I'm, yeah, he um, he wants other people to think that he's not a good guy. You know, he's just out in the for himself. Whereas in Blueberry, it's just you know, it's a regular guy. I think you put your finger on what's really important about this character. Yeah, he pretends to be uncaring, jaded, but he actually cares a lot. Mm-hmm. And he'll fight and give up his time mm-hmm. and energy and everything to, to live this. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like the most important thing to him, as much as being uh, himself, is not allowing his past to be known. Well, almost like an adventure, too. Like, that's another thing that's important to him. Like, go on an adventure on the right side. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's fascinating that he just has small allusions to his past adventures, but he never wants to go into it. Mm-hmm. You know, as the one woman says, it's not polite to pry into our guest's past. Mm-hmm. You know, the, he obviously has this adventure of Bahadiana when they uh, rebelled against, or deserted against this captain. But this isn't Marvel where we're going to get, you know, a, a caption that says, see, Cordro Maltese, volume two. <laughs> That's funny. See when he uh, deserted his captain and <laughs> editor. 
And so like then when he meets Goldmouth in the beginning of chapter three, and she starts talking about his life and how his mom was famous. And she's, you know, she knew her, Goldtooth had known her, Goldmouth, excuse me, knew her mother through a famous painting. Uh, it's just like all this stuff that makes the story more and more intriguing. Like, is he from yeah. a wealthy family? Is he, is he actually famous throughout a certain part of the world? See this legend, you know, and we kind of feel this, the stature of this man mm-hmm. kind of higher than others. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting, like even on page 55, a tiny little thing, right? She's, Goldmouth is saying, yes, I knew your mother. She's quite famous. And then in the next panel, uh, Cordo's hat is just slightly outside the panel as if like he's a little higher in everyone's esteem because mm-hmm. of her praise of him. Mm. and that's where the subtlety of Pratt's art really stands out you know these little tiny gestures he makes to accentuate what he's creating yeah I, I love it I, I love the like just the, the way he draws things it seems like it's maybe he did it quickly but they all tell the right story you know they look good and they look good you know yeah, he does interesting things with blackouts too. Mm-hmm. You know, with the characters all in shadow, like on the top of page 62, you know, an American artist might draw a full blackout image of these people. Yeah. But here he draws uh, just a tiny bit of features in them. And it gives a completely different sort of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the time or maybe it's the shadows, but it, it accentuates the moment in a different way. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the silhouette, it's, it's all you need to know. I mean, they need to be in silhouette, right? They need to jump when they're jumping. You don't, you still don't know who they are. So, and he doesn't need to draw them, you know, get it. On the previous page, right? We get just enough of them to get an idea. These are interesting people. We don't know what side they're on, if they're good or bad, but he draws like the detail of them, just enough detail in them to make them so intriguing. I mean, yeah, like on page 61, the last panel, you even see one of their faces like kind of like dour. And why would he be dour? You find out it's because their leader was killed. Mm-hmm. And it's over and over in this book. It's this, this beautiful storytelling. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've we've... I, I really don't have anything negative to say about this. I, this is another case, Amir, where I'm like, why haven't I ever read this before? Mm-hmm. I know. I, I have another book of his that I haven't read. And it's like, why? But that's just because of uh, timing. Not enough time. I mean, Not enough time. Well, I'm going to definitely read the second half of this book. Yeah. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the website now. There's. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. But how good are all these other stories going to be if this one, kind of at random, was so great? Yeah. Oh, just exciting. Well, one thing I have to say, I love IDW. Uh, they are like the producers. They probably, of all the mainstream publishers, they probably produce the coolest book. Oh, well, I mean, I don't count Fanagraphics as mainstream, but. But like, you know, IDW puts out like G.I. Joe too, you know, but they put out this kind of a book. I love it. 
And the, the production values on the book itself are beautiful. These are all available digitally, I'm sure. But, oh, yeah. But the yeah. book itself is gorgeous. The paper is thick. The covers are these beautiful gatefold covers. You get this map inside the front and back covers. It gives you an idea of where all these adventures are happening. Mm -hmm. It's just a, a gorgeous book. I agree with you on IDW. Between this and the artist editions, they put out some of the most beautiful comics there are. I like all the people who um, praised uh, Pratt too, Mila Manera, Frank Miller, Brian Vaughn, Matt Fraction, Kim Thompson. Brian Bendis, pretty cool stuff. Highly recommended. I'm glad I have an amazing library. Right, me too. I'm glad I have. A, I'm glad I have this in my collection. I'm glad you were able to. I mean, read public it. library. Yeah, I'm glad we were able to read this together. I'm not bragging about my my library. Like, <laughs> you have a pretty I'm, good library, Amir. I need to uh, finish. I need to start reading that book that I have. His though, it's actually in color, which I prefer the black and white. I love the black and white. So, what's the book you have of his? It's a compilation of, of a lot of his stories. I don't even know. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. Cool. I'll that have to great. look for that. Hey, yeah. thanks, Samir, for doing this. Thanks, Jason. Oh, thank you.